Thank you for listening to this talk, produced by the Art Gallery of South Australia. Nina Marnie, thank you everyone for coming. My name is Nikki Cumpston and I'm just going to give a brief acknowledgement of um, that we're meeting here today on the lands of the Ghana people. The Ghana people are the traditional owners of the Adelaide Plains and I'd just like to pay my respect to their elders, to the elders who are working really hard today to bring the younger generation up to be the elders of the future and of course to honour and, and pay my respect to the elders who have passed. It is my absolute pleasure to introduce you today to, alongside of me is Maddie Reese and Nick Brown, who are both from Flinders University Art Museum, and they've brought this exhibition together with a Western Arundel curator, Marissa Ma, and Marissa is in Alice Springs working, so unfortunately can't be with us today. Uh, but together they've co-curated this exhibition, Our Family, Our Country, Our Legacy, that has a sister exhibition at the Flinders University Art Museum as part of Tarnandi. So without further ado, I'd also just like to acknowledge and introduce you to Corinne Morgan, who is doing the Auslan interpretation for us today. And we're very grateful to Karina for her ongoing work in this area um, to enable people who um, have uh, trouble with hearing difficulties. So um, thank you all for coming. It's wonderful to see so many of you here. And I'd just like to ask you to please make our guests feel welcome. Thank you, Nikki, for that beautiful introduction. Uh, my name's Nick Brown. I'm the collections curator at Flinders University Museum of Art. And I'd also like to acknowledge um, that we sit here today on Ghana land. Um, and I'd also like to acknowledge the present day artists whose works hang in this space um, and their ancestors whose works hang in this space uh, because through their art, these artists transport us through to Jiritja, Aranda country, and I just want to also pay my respects to, to those nations, so Aranda, Western Aranda, Southern and Eastern Aranda, and Luritja. Um, so it is our pleasure to be here today in this really beautiful, intimate space, so thanks for squeezing in um, and, and talk about this exhibition that is Ajina Nunaka Mara Nunakana Itla Itla Nunakana, our family, our country, our legacy. And we've been invited to talk today um, by Nikki and Celia and Gloria, who we've been working on this project with, to, to actually talk about the process, um, and I guess a bit about the behind-the-scenes development um, for this project. Um, particularly because, as Nikki mentioned, we are working um, across states, so between Alice Springs and Adelaide. Can everyone hear me? Is that better if I speak like that? Sorry about that. Um, so, but before we get started to talk about some of the processes behind this exhibition, what I'm going to do is just give you a bit of a snapshot or introduce the project at large and also talk about why Flinders University, why is Flinders University involved in this project with Hermansburg and Daria and what are those connections there. Um, so essentially, Jina Nunaka um, has been a 12-month collaboration between Flinders University Museum of Art, FUMA, uh, with the Ilchanjara um, Many Hands Art Centre, who are based in Bando, Alice Springs. And, um, and we've been really fortunate to have the really generous support of the Art Gallery of South Australia, in particular um, 
to facilitate this collaboration, um, but most importantly, to be able to mentorship Marissa Ma, who's an emerging Western Arunda curator. Um, and the result is this beautiful exhibition. Two exhibitions. So, so just I thought, um, as Marissa isn't here today, I thought I'd just um, share a bit about Marissa, her background, who she is, and, and then we can, you can also see kind of some of the learning that she has experienced through this project. Um, um, I just also want to say that I'm a non-Indigenous curator living on Ghana land, and so this is coming from, from, from that perspective, um, and I'll talk as respectfully as I can about Marissa. Um, so, Marissa has worked at Ilchanjara for over 15 years um, and she has curated nearly all the exhibitions in this tiny little um, gallery that is outside the um, Ilcha studio, which is um, a quirky gallery and a challenging gallery to work with because it has, um, to start with, red carpet, um, but also it's like an octagon shape. So. There's lots of walls and lots of corners to navigate. And it's really only been um, in the past couple of years that Marissa has actually had the opportunity to kind of um, move outside of that space and to work with other organisations. Um, in particular, recently she worked with the Hazelhurst Regional Gallery to curate, um, which is based in southern Sydney, and she curated the exhibition Walk Through Country. And then she's had this wonderful opportunity um, to work with us on this dual-sighted project. Um, so that's, that's kind of some of her, I guess, um, emerging curatorial credentials. But Marissa, she's, she's worked with these Aranda, Western Aranda artists for 15 years, but also these artists are her family. Marissa grew up on Hermesburg and Daria and in the local areas, and she has connections to Albert Namajira, famed Western Aranda artist, as well as the Parulcha brothers, so the first generation artists of the, of the formerly known Hermansburg School, which is now um, being referred to as the School of Namajira. And because Marissa isn't here, I'm just going to read a quote from her that, that came out of this project, just to kind of bring in her voice. I'm Western Aranda, and my mother's country is Hermansburg. My grandmother was Therese Perulcha, and her older brothers were Reuben, Edwin, and Otto Perulcha, first-generation artists of the Hermansburg School who were inspired by Albert Namajira. Albert was a cousin brother to my grandmother. They'd often go on camping trips, and she'd watch him do paintings. I spent a lot of my childhood at Ndaria, with all my family along the Fink River. So I have a lot of connections with families and artists that come from there, and I have that same knowledge of country. So this project has been really interesting in that there's this interface of really strong Western Aranda culture um, and the institution of the museum. Um, in particular, the state's collecting institutions. So for this project, we have drawn from the collections of AGSA and FUMA, and also the South Australian Museum, and those works are in the FUMA space. South Australian collecting institutions have demonstrated a really early interest in the Hermansburg School, uh, the School of Namajira, in particular the Art Gallery of South Australia, 
was uh, the first state gallery to acquire a work by Albert Namajira that was in 1939. And Flinders University also has a long-standing interest in the movement. We acquired our first watercolour um, in 1975. Um, and, and then in the early 1990s, uh, sorry, the acquisition of this first watercolour as well as our subsequent acquisitions of early Papunya paintings from the Western Desert really led to a lot of research um, into this region which included Ndaria and the Hermansburg community. And an outcome of this um, collecting and research were, uh, was a major project. I have a prop to show you. Uh, this publication, The Heritage of Namajira, The Watercolourists of Central Australia. Um, I would normally hand this around, but I'm not going to because they're rare and very expensive on eBay at the moment and I don't want it to go walking. <laughs> but what accompanied that beautiful publication was a national touring exhibition. So this initiative was led by JVS McGaw, um, who's an archaeologist and historian um, um, at, Flinders, at Flinders University um, and his team. And what was really important about this book was it was the first comprehensive um, scholarship on the life, the legacy and the art of famed watercolourist Albert Namajira. Um, and so... But with the, uh, as part of this research, Flinders University um, collected a lot of works of this um, ilk um, and now we have a collection of around 200 works of art. So that's kind of the connection in terms of why Flinders University is working on this project with artist and Marissa um, um, at Ilcha and Jara. And for those of you who um, don't know much about FUMA, we are actually one of the biggest um, university art collections in the nation. Um, and our collection consists of around 8,000 works of art, with over half of that being those works being made by Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. So it's a, a nationally significant collection. Um, and of course I invite you to come along to Bedford Park to view it. Um, so from our perspective at Flinders, it's been a really wonderful opportunity to reconnect with this history, to renew our ties um, with the Western Aranda community, with Ilchun Jara, and, and importantly to meet Marissa, work closely with her and watch her grow and blossom. So I've kind of introduced this project. I've talked about the Flinders connection, and now I'm going to hand over to Maddie, who's going to talk about some of the nuts and bolts of how we actually achieved this uh, multi-site project across um, Alice Springs and Adelaide. Thanks, Nick. So um, I'm actually going to read from my notes because I've written a short essay. Um, but the exhibition development for Gina Nunica really occurred over three curatorial intensives, a handful of Skype interviews, and hundreds of emails and phone calls. Um, I'm going to start from the beginning because I think it's an important journey which illustrates how we reached this point, particularly in this gallery. The first intensive took place in October 2018 when Marissa was formally invited to join the project. She, we invited her out to Bedford Park to view the 200 or so Ndaria Hermansburg watercolours held in the university's collections. These include notable works by Albert Namajira, Rex Batterby, first and second generation watercolourists, as well as a few works by current generation artists. So our Hermansburg collection um, also includes a number of objects, which are um, plaques, coat hangers, woomeras and boomerangs um, that, were that were created by Albert and his contemporaries on the mission. Sorry. Just have 
flip over. So Nick was on leave for the first intensive, which left Marissa and I, two very, very shy curators, to sift through a lot of work. Um, Marissa and I literally spent three days just looking at these works, like silently staring, and every now and then someone would chirp in about the materiality or we like where that tree is. Um, we were really getting to know each other and I think that was a really important stage of building trust. Um, but to say we overwhelmed Marissa at this point would be an understatement. As I said, she was silent and we were both daunted by the prospect of distilling all this material into a comprehensive exhibition that offered new perspectives and insights. Like how could you pick a thread when it's been so heavily researched? Um, so the first visit occurred at the same time as the 2018 Tarnandi Festival. Nikki Cumpston very kindly gave us a tour of John Marwinjil's I Am The Old and The New, which really resonated with Marissa and I. Um, what, so what really resonated with Marissa and I was how the exhibition was curated by country. Um, so it was curated as though you were walking through and traveling across the landscape. Now I'm not gonna explain this too much because Nick will hopefully come back to that a bit later. But in between each visit, um, we continued our conversations via Skype, which was in, like, it really helped us keep the discussions fresh and sharing ideas and communication open. But during one of these early Skype conversations, Marisha, Marissa shared her connection to Albert Namajira and his contemporaries. As Nick mentioned, and I'm gonna repeat it just to remind you all, Marissa's grandmother is Therese Perulcher, and her older brothers were Otto, Reuben, and Edwin Perulcher, first generation artists of the Hermansburg School. Albert was a cousin brother to her grandmother and her grandmother would often go camp on camping trips and would watch them paint. So Marissa shared with us that her mother recalls being at Glen Helen, um, an important site for Albert, um, when the tour tourist buses would arrive. Her mother recalls seeing Albert and her uncle selling their paintings to the tourists and then providing tours of the sites in and around the Turicher, which is the West MacDonald Ranges. So Marissa's memory really resonated with Nick and I, and I think at this point we had an inkling that the exhibition was gonna be about family. Um, so this gave us some food for thought, but we didn't really know where the show was going yet or what it was gonna look like across two spaces. So one of the guiding principles of Tarn and Dee is that the projects are community and artist-led initiatives. We had ideas, a lot of them, and we have a lot of ideas now still, um, but we had to put them aside and listen and learn from Marissa and the community. So in April, Nick and I travelled up to Mbantua, which is Alice Springs, for our second curatorial intensive with Marissa. We spent a week consulting with the artists at Ilchajara, learning about their practices, showing historic collection works to family members, and gaining more insight about their country and experiences. We spoke to the artists about the exhibition and, what, how, and asked them how they felt about showing their works with historic collection I think that, oh no, that just, just ignore me. Um, we asked what kind of exhibition they would like to see and it became really apparent that they were so proud of the legacy that they had created and that it was important for them to exhibit alongside their family members. For me, one of the nicest moments that I would like to share with you occurred when Nick, Marissa and I were talking with senior artist Ivy Perulcher. So not only does Fuma care for an amazing array of Hermansburg watercolours, but we also have a significant collection of women's work from that area. This includes an array of textiles, such as aprons, doilies and handkerchiefs, um, which have all been hand embroidered by Aboriginal women on the mission. We don't know a lot about these items, um, so we actually showed them to Ivy during our interview. Um, she recalled some of the women making kangaroo skin rugs and moccasin shoes at the old mission, and 
so when we were up there, we had printouts of all the collection works, and I also took up all of the objects, just, just as on a whim. Um, so, you know, I'm like, there, there's a rug in here, there's a kangaroo skin rug in this folder. So I spent forever looking for it. Um, and I pulled out the image and the object details to show Ivy, and it actually turned out to be by her grandmother, Rosa Raggett, which the look on her face, I think, I'll die with. It was so special. Um, but while, while our time in Alice Springs was spent mostly at the Art Centre, Marissa did take us out to Ndaria to visit the old mission and talk with some of the artists. So Lutheran missionaries established the Hermansburg Mission on the banks of the Fink River in 1877. Here the Lutheran Church founded and operated a school and dormitory for children in the late 1890s. It was the longest running mission in Australia and from what I can understand, Arundel children were rewarded for attending school with rations. The Lutheran Church operated this site until the early 1980s when the land was given back to the Arundel people. We did hear that maybe the, the mission's been given back as well to the Arundel people, but we're just not sure about that fact yet. Um, I really don't have the words to articulate how I felt visiting that site, but I know that I felt uncomfortable. So instead, I choose to remember this day as our ill-fated endeavour to visit Betty and Marcus Wheeler, which resulted in a comedy of errors. So Betty's work is here and Marcus is over here. Um, so they were out without a phone and we were driving around the desert looking for them. Um, we arrived at their outstation only to find out that they that we'd likely driven straight past them and they were now at the art centre while we were not. <laughs> we did eventually find them, but... And that was a really great conversation. So in addition to accumulating research and talking with artists, the three of us had to go through all of the contemporary works, works housed at Ilchajara. Hundreds, hundreds of works, there were so many. Marissa had already begun making a selection and over the course of the week, we fine-tuned each artist's representation to their best examples. This felt like a really pivotal moment for the project. Marissa seemed hesitant at first, um, but Throughout the, the process, we saw her become more confident in her choices and decisions. And by the end of the week, we had a short list of contemporary works to bring to Adelaide. Next page. So the Tarnandi deadlines really kept us moving along. <laughs> they were our timeline, really. But anyway, by our third intensive, we had a title, which Marissa and some of the Ilcha artists workshopped together. So Gina Nunaka. Ma Nunakana, Itla Itla Nunakana, is an Arunda translation for our family, our country, our legacy. We knew the exhibition needed to be about family. Nick and I had spent a lot of time researching the Namajira family tree and trying to work out how everyone was connected. I think we were really getting bogged down in the intricacies of that and everyone's direct connections to Is that okay? okay. Um, but Marissa summarises it perfectly in the exhibition text. She said, all the artists are from Andaria or the surrounding areas, so there's connection for everyone. We all belong there. It doesn't matter which family group, which dreaming, it all comes through Hermansburg as one. So this idea of a family tree is not a Western or hierarchical structure. It's about connection to one another. Personally, when I think about in relation to this exhibition, I'm taken back to Mbantua, Alice Springs, and to our interview with Hubert Perulcher. We spent a while talking with him about he, his and his family's works, and he spoke to us about Yuprenya, the caterpillar ancestral dreaming. Um, he said that 
Yipunia, oh my God, it gets me every time, um, was in everything. It's in the leaves, it's in the trees, it's in the churature. A continual cycle like the life of a caterpillar. It connected and ran through all. So this is how we came up with the concept for this exhibition and display at AXA. Yiprenya flows through this exhibition, connecting each work and each artist to one another. It's a metaphoric family tree, but as Marissa comments, like the cycles of Yiprenya, to connect those paintings together so the people can have a look and see how we see the land, the country, and to have the families connect as well. So at the outset of this project, Marissa outlined a few key areas where she wanted to gain more curatorial experience, particularly around installation and exhibition design. So this third intensive really focused on the curatorial mentorship aspect of this project. And I'll just say that this was a two-way mentorship. Nick and I learnt so much more than probably Marissa learnt from us. Um, so Nick and I had a few ideas about how we wanted to install this exhibition and the FUMA, the, the sister display. So we visited a few galleries during Marissa's third visit, including the SA Museum, Jam Factory, and the Elder Wing of Australian Art here and looking at how differing modes of display married with ideas and um, themes. So while Nick was doing some geographical research, which she will no doubt explain further shortly, Marissa and I made two scale models of both the exhibition spaces and two scale models of all of Fuma's stock frames. So most of the works on the wall here are a standard size for the art museum. So there's like a B frame, a C frame, and then the tiny ones are A's. So I, Marissa and I spent a whole day cutting out frame sizes. Um, we then performed some kind of magic trick to establish approximately how many works we needed to fit both spaces. So we knew we needed about 40 works to create a continual line in this space and about 80 or 90 works to fill Flinders Gallery. Um, so I'll finish on this, but while Marissa was selecting the works for the exhibition, she took time to identify works and locations. So when a lot of the collection works um, were acquired, many were left untitled or given generic titles such as Central Australian Landscape. And over the course of this project, Marissa, with the assistance of senior artists Hubert Peralcher and Mervyn Rabuncher, identified and retitled many works in FUMA and even AGSA's collection, I believe. Um, so this is really important research that they contributed that we didn't have and that will continue on um, in the museum and here. Um, and also we've created really nice, what's the word? Relationships. Um, with, so, you know, there are, there are still works that are untitled and we'll continue that conversation and have those titles changed. But I'll hand over to Nick now to talk about the display at FUMA. Thanks, Maddie. Um, I might also um, just go back to what Maddie was saying about uh, Marissa, Mervyn Rubancha and Hubert Perucha, um looking at the works, the historic works that have been in collections and other people's hands for so many years. Um, to reconnect with these works, their family members, but also to take control of and ownership of um, how they um, are seen through the labelling, which is um, a museum convention. So it's really powerful for um, these artists and for Marissa to give us the titles that are in Western Aranda and they um, preface the English um, and and that is, as Maddie said, that is something that will stay uh, on in, in the museum at Flinders. Um, 
in, in that respect, they're actually pushing against the museum, pushing back and, and bringing in more of their voice. And this is vital. And I guess as a non-Indigenous curator, I think that's, um, you know, something that we can help facilitate to bring to the fore. Um, so Maddie's talked about this space in terms of the cycles of the um, Yipurinia, the caterpillar dreaming, but the space at Flinders is very different. They are, they are connected. Um, so uh, again, in the interviews, what kept on coming up with all the artists is the word jiritja, 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 everything jiritja. Um, and so we talked about to Marissa about kind of reimagining Jiritja in the, in the space at Flinders. So what we did was we got a map of Jiritja, the West McDonnell Ranges, and overlaid that map of key sites that lots of the artists were representing in their watercolours, overlaid that map over the gallery floor plan. And with a bit of creative licence um, approved by Marissa, um, and a bit of push and pull, we recreated and reimagined Jiritja in that space. So to kind of paint you a picture, we um, hung the frames, the paintings, in a way that they, um, when you step back, they create this large um, winding silhouette of the landscape. And so that silhouette mirrors what is in the content, what is in the, the watercolours. Um, and it flows through from the Alice Springs area through to Stanley Chasm um, and then up to Ormiston Gorge, um, Glen Helen, then the, then the Hermansburg Palm Valley area and um, back, kind of we jump back to James Range and then jump over to Mount Sonder but it really works in the space. Um, and in terms of Marissa's experience this, um, and, and process in this project, this is really where she came into her prime, which was basically she was directing us and being bossy and saying, no, that work needs to go in that space. Um, this country sits better together here, um, for example. So that was really confidence building for Marissa. Um, and um, if we were to talk about the project and what is the most important thing about this project, these two beautiful exhibitions, um, from my perspective personally, it's about creating an opportunity for an emerging Indigenous curator to really come out and explore um, where she wants to grow in her profession and her career, um, to network, meet um, professionals in the area, um, and to upskill in a really nurturing, safe and supportive environment. So Marissa was able to really learn skills about conceiving, conceptualising, designing and installing an exhibition across sites on a large scale. Um, and for Marissa, I don't think she realised what she got herself into um, until the two launches. The two launches were on separate days and in the launch in this space, Marissa was completely overwhelmed seeing all the works up and seeing that people wanted to see these works and to hear the stories behind the works and to hear her speak. And it was the same, she had this, she demonstrated that she was very overwhelmed by it all in the space at Flinders as well. Um, so it just um, shows um, how, this space for creating opportunity is really important. Um, and 
And I do invite you to um, visit the Flinders space, but also um, if you are ever in Alice Springs, <laughs> Ilchinjara Many Hands Arts Centre is really easy to go to. They're open Monday to Friday. They Marissa's, have a shop. Marissa's there Monday to Friday. They have a shop. <laughs> They have a, a wide range um, of works and the studio is right there so you can meet the artists, you can see the new work that they're making. Um, so I just wanted to, um, I guess, end there but also in, invite questions from the audience. I'm also just going to add in before we go on to questions that out at Flinders we are open 10 to 5, Monday to Friday and on Thursdays we're open to 8 if you can't get in during work hours. Ta-da. Any questions? I can keep on talking if no one's going to ask a question. Jackie. Um, just interested in anything you would do differently in retrospect. That's a fantastic um, question. So this was a challenging project, working um, between negotiating the distance between Alice Springs and Adelaide, and I think um, more FaceTime, more real time with Marissa, and more hands-on work. So when Marissa, um, when you could see that, she, so Marissa, I, my observations of Marissa was that she was the most empowered when she was kind of physically doing hands-on work and also when it was out of the space at Ilcha because that's her job as assistant manager and she kept on getting pulled back to the office. So bringing her out and creating um, new spaces um, but a lot, a lot more travel Actually. We also really didn't have a lot of time. Um, so when I say Marissa was brought in in October, the, we, Nick and I really didn't see the project starting until April this year. So, you know, that's like six months to pull together two really big exhibitions and write essays and... The, the other thing about what would we, 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 what would we do differently next time... Well, we don't, wouldn't do it differently next time. We would continue the process. So I think um, in my experience working with um, artists and communities, it's about um, the long haul and um, um, it's a friendship and a relationship that you need to honour and maintain to continue with future projects. And we have a lot in mind. <laughs> Other questions? Um, okay. I might just quickly talk about the hero um, of this particular hang, sorry if that's okay, who is Vanessa Inkamala, because I'm sure someone's thinking about want, wanting to ask that question. Um, a lot of the artists, the contemporary artists these days, um, after a workshop with, um, with Tony Albert, um, kind of dip in and out of this theme that they refer to as then and now. Um, and, and this is one of the later pieces that Vanessa Inkamala did. It's called Phone on the Road to Indaria. And as you can see, there is a mobile phone um, situated against the landscape. And she's making a comment on, on all the tourists that come through her country and her family's country and, and document the space, I guess. Um, but interestingly, we have positioned her work next to her uncle, Adolf Inkamala, um, which you can see is um, kind of in that portrait format and you could almost replicate um, the, work, the work inside here. 
Um, also, I'm just going to jump over to Flinders and talk, talk about another really interesting juxtaposition of images. I know Maddie, of, of artworks, I know Maddie mentioned earlier about the discomfort that was very palpable when we were visiting the former mission at, at Hermansburg and Daria. Um, we have a beautiful um, uh, two images sitting side by side, two works sitting side by side in the Flinders Hang, one by Benita Clements, who is Albert Namajira's great-granddaughter, and next to her work is a work by Albert Namajira. Albert's work um, is a very rare work of the mission, of the settlement, with, with the whitewashed buildings. Um, and it, it's an institution, and this work was probably commissioned. There's only a handful in Australia, or a handful in the world of these works. Whereas Benita's work is large, it's vibrant and colourful because she, she works with gouache, not watercolour. And in fact, what she has depicted is the, is the Ndaria community, which is across the road from the mission. And it's um, the weekend sports day, an annual event, very festive. Um, and it's, to me, putting it together, this Marissa really intentionally positioned these two works together. And it's like Benita Clements, the great-granddaughter, is giving her grandfather a bit of tongue-in-cheek and saying, um, look at this, um, this is... This is my community. This is where I come from. It's strong. Um, and, and for me, as a non-Indigenous curator working with this collection and, um, and, and pitching the mission, I guess, is where all this came from, it's actually so much more than that. Um, so that's a really beautiful um, moment in the Flinders hang as well. But I'm going to end there unless there are other questions.